Welcome to Fables of Our Deconstruction, a podcast where we examine our systems of faith and culture together as we grow as people. I'm your host, Dylan. If you like what you hear, check me out at patreon.com slash Dylan. If you'd like to be on a future episode, leave me a message at 515-318-7569 or find Fables of Our Deconstruction on Anchor FM and leave me a voice message. Leave your name, otherwise I will keep you anonymous. Let's get into it. So, this is my first live stream, as I said in the beginning. My studio is set up for me being a crazy artist. Usually I've got a table in here. And uh, I think what I'm going to be doing here uh, is recording the podcast as normal. That way there's no, there's no necessary part of a visual component because a lot of you already listen to this over on Anchor and through iTunes and Spotify, and that's fantastic. But I want to allow this to have room for people to tune in if they want. I'm not going to read comments out loud. Um, but if you do want to be a part of calling in or viewing this, um, uh, and maybe if the YouTube part grows, we'll do somewhere. Interact with comments in real time. But again, I want to keep this in favor of those of you who listen to it over on the other platforms. Especially those of you who tune in on Patreon. And give me a few bucks every month for not just podcasts, but tons of other content. And speaking of Patreon, one of my big announcements for today is that I have opened my studio as a business. I'm calling it Brimstone Studios, which is named after the community that we have over on Discord, the Brimstone Clubhouse. Uh, and the Brimstone Order is what I call my patrons. So I feel like these things all mesh together really well. I'm trying to figure out how I want to how I want to bring things together, but I've done a lot of branding. I've got new colors. The pink is still there, but we got purple and blue and, and a near white light blue. There's a lot of fun stuff going on with that. Uh, it's going to allow me to push my uh, my branding into a realm that's a little more mature. I want to do work that's not necessarily only explicit, but I don't want to feel like I can't do explicit content. And I I want to stop advertising the bulk of my work towards younger audiences. I do things with uh, younger people, like residencies and stuff like that, and I can still market myself, this guy, uh, Dylan, <laughs> as as being able to do those things. But Brimstone Studios is going to focus on, on deconstruction. It's going to focus on truth. It's going to focus on taking apart good and evil. Uh, all the things that I already said that I want to do just going to help me do it in a way that I think is a little more streamlined. So if you're in Discord, you already know. If you're following me over on Facebook, you already know. And now this is Fables of Our Deconstruction, getting the big announcement that Fables is just one of the many studios inside Brimstone. So that's really, really, really exciting. <laughs> really, 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 so many really is exciting. Uh, anyway, I have a vacation coming up this week, so I'll be leaving my house to go to Oktoberfest down in a German part of Iowa in the Amana Colonies uh, for most of the weekend, starting on Thursday. 
And so by the time you're hearing this as a podcast, I'll be already preparing to go. But I wanted to make sure I got some content out for you. I've been reading through this Answers in Genesis um, Bible guide that I was given uh, at the State Fair. It's got a lot of issues. There are things in it that I would definitely, like, without a doubt, change. Uh, it it goes so far as to, like, water things down. Uh, it, it It's going to have to. It's a condensed thing. It even says, look, the Bible's super long. We're going to try to make this accessible for you. And I appreciate that, but it also takes away some of the things that raise bigger questions, which I think is really important, such as there being two creation stories in Genesis that conflict with one another. Uh, it, it, it addresses them in, in an oversimplified way to make it seem like there's one story. Uh, I think these things do a disservice to the, the literature and the mythology in the Bible, but that's just what it's gonna be. Uh, I'm taking my time through that book. I'm, I'm making my own notes in it. I want to make sure that we cover it in a, a good and constructive way. Uh, but th this has given me time to make some considerations, especially with the fact that I'm doing this whole thing as a studio now. If you go look at the YouTube, uh, that's all brimstoned out too. So everything is, it's just going to be pink, green, and purple, or excuse me, pink, blue, and purple throughout. So uh, I was thinking, well, what projects do I want to do? What official projects do I want to tackle? And I've already know that Faithless and Fearless, uh, the project that I've already done, that's sort of wrapping up. It's a figure art thing. It's about making evil things look more pleasant to show that we can we can be we can be creatures of other that aren't necessarily evil i think that's beautiful and so i still want to use a lot of that con uh, concept but my next series that i think i'm going to work on and i want to make them a little bit more involved i thought about maybe doing some charcoal and bigger pieces my wife has really recommended that but i, I think i'm going to focus on faith um again but through the lens of virtue and sin and sort of tearing down like what is virtuous and what is what why do we call certain things sin and i'm I'm gonna have to figure out how to capture that visually as i create it which is gonna be a big challenge uh but i think that'll be cool but the other side of that coin that i, I i've really been mulling over is how do i still capture an audience that cares about things they already recognize aka fan art it's something i'm really not interested in doing anymore i've done some like i drew a bob's burgers thing here i'll just I'll, I'll peel it off the table this will be a little bit of visual thing for the stream but i drew i drew bob from bob's burgers as a warlock whose mind is being controlled by the burger itself and i think that's a fun thing you know those things are fun but i don't really want to make that my bread and butter when i go to conventions and other events but I just came off Van Meter Visitor, uh, a festival for a cryptid, just like I've done earlier in the year. We we did things like a, like Hodag Festival. And when I, when I look at these concepts and I think about what they are, uh, I'm excited by monsters. I'm excited by mythology. I'm excited by folklore, even though, as we've discussed in the past, I don't believe that there's really a flying pterodactyl with a light on its head. I'm not convinced people in Iowa saw that, but I am convinced people had experiences, people had moments that created stories that have rippled through time, that have become parts of folklore, that have become parts of culture, that are now 
intertwined with our identities, especially those in the LGBTQ spectrum who are learning to embrace these creatures uh, as things that allow them to express their innermost selves or even sometimes their weirder and wild side. So I appreciate all those facets. You know, I can have fun with the monster and not have to believe it. And so I was thinking, okay, so I've got a request to do a sexy Mothman for next year's Mothman Festival, which I also just came off of. It's just been a crazy while. And uh, what I'm thinking about doing is is not only doing the monsters for the festivals that I go to, but doing mythological creatures like centaurs, gorgons, um, valkyries, maybe the Huldra, which I love very much. Uh, maybe working with different folklores that I'm not super familiar with and trying to embrace them in in a, a culturally aware and sensitive way uh, while also depicting figure and form using model reference. I think those could be things, you know, like selling a Medusa could be a viable print in a world that demands things like Pokemon. Now, Medusa's not necessarily owned by anybody, but as a print, it's something that I could utilize that's like hey i recognize that it feels like fan art it lives in that realm so i'm thinking about doing that as well and and at this point the more i say it out loud the more i'm convinced that's what i'm going to be doing so i i i think we have a lot of that to look forward to but this is a podcast about taking apart religion and cultural issues we don't have any call-ins today but there's an article that my wife sent to me that uh, i was made aware of by other outlets from CBS. I'll I'll make sure in the show notes of the official podcast to, to link this article. But the the headline is let me read this to you. The headline is Christianity in the US is quickly shrinking and may no longer be the majority religion within just a few decades, research finds. Uh, so this is based on a Pew research poll that shows that the number of people identifying as Christian is decreasing, which has actually been kind of the trend overall. The thing we got to keep in mind is that even though these the, the these concepts are trending, you know, like people not affiliating with religion, there there's not necessarily a huge increase in atheism specifically in these polls. Uh, atheism is typically something you can choose. However, they also have a spot for none or like no affiliation. And a lot of times in these polls, it's the nuns, the no affiliations that are rising and there's a lot of theory and reason behind this uh one of the things that i do think is quite likely the cause is that religion especially the way religion and politics have become deeply intertwined with the republican party in the u.s uh we have a lot of people who don't want to relate or be be put in the same camp as those who are leading leading those p political issues, you know, uh, basically veering things off into into a more violent and unfriendly situation. I, I agree. It feels fucked up to look at what's become of, like, the evangelical voting block. I don't want to sound too much like Owen from uh, from Telltale, but I think there's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm, I believe in God... But I'm not a Lutheran anymore. I'm not affiliating with that. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a Catholic anymore. Uh, fill in the blank, whatever Protestant you want. And uh, 
it does show that there are other religions like uh, like Islam growing, but that's mostly due to people traveling from countries where they grew up Islamic and, and being Muslim uh, and coming here, and that's perfectly fine, coming to the U.S., uh, but it's not, it's not necessarily people converting. Uh, the conversion is out of religion, largely, and, and that, that I think, uh, has, has a lot of good talking points, but one of the things that my wife brought up, which I think is super interesting, is that there is a chance that this is just going to create more of a persecution issue <laughs> for religious people. Those who exist in the realm of, of deeply devout Christianity know that there's a lot of storytelling and rhetoric about you will be persecuted, especially in the end times. And there's a lot of end times stuff going on all the time. Now, well, well, let's just keep quoting Owen at the, most Christians, I would say. Not even just things like the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the world could end any five minutes now. Uh, that Jesus is going to come back. Uh, well, I mean, we, we can always spend time harping on the thought that uh, he said he'd come back in the lifetime of his disciples and, oh, they're all dead. It's been over, over 2,000 years just about. So, you know, there, there's not a good chance... He's coming back. But, uh, where was I going with that? Uh, but, uh, persecution is just a big thing. You, they, they, in some respects, for Christianity to work the way it's supposed to, they need to find parts of the world, little pockets, where they experience persecution, because then they'll know they're right. There's a lot of rhetoric in Christianity that says, well, you're right because you're going to be persecuted. Um, now that persecution complexes can travel amongst different groups too. I will admit as someone who's atheist amongst many Christians, I often wonder if I should just keep my yap shut. And I think that that's something that, uh, there, there's a lot of room to discuss the, this implied persecution because maybe none of us are persecuting one another. I was listening to Astonishing Legends. It's a fun podcast. It's a deeply long podcast, and it's more credulous than I often would like. It's been an interesting part of my deconstruction, actually, is to be involved with a podcast that's very woo-woo, as they say. Uh, and they talk about things like Bigfoot. They spend several hours talking about Bigfoot, only to come out on the other end and say, at least the patterson Gimlin film, Patty, that's a real creature. I mean, it's probably a real creature. Human beings are creatures, and if there's a human in there, then you know what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they, they, they've they been doing a deep dive on Missing 411. I don't think Missing 411, uh, aside from shedding light on missing people in national parks, I don't think it really deserves a whole lot of attention. It is definitely built up to leave room for woo and, and, and stir the woo. But they did mention that people on both sides of like believing woo and not believing woo i didn't think i'd say woo this many times the people on both sides uh often feel they might be persecuted by their peers so to to remove the religion aspect people who believe in bigfoot might be afraid to tell their co-workers because they think they're going to be told they're stupid for believing bigfoot while at the same time the people who adamantly don't think there's a bigfoot feel like they will be persecuted by their peers for telling them that they don't believe there's actually a Bigfoot. I find that fascinating. Um, but <laughs> to get back on topic of the CBS article we're discussing, to say that Christianity is dwindling even very slowly in the U.S. is something that could be 
could become volatile, especially during an election year. It, it can definitely be used to rile up the Christian voting bloc, especially the evangelical voting bloc, to say, look, they're trying to take us apart, which is comical, because right now we're living in a world where Christianity is, is gaining a huge foothold. The, the minority, that's the dog, sorry about that. The minority of our country, or at least the growing minority of our country, <laughs> is, is getting more control. And it's not helping anybody. And there's a lot going on. So <laughs> we've got to do our best to think critically and look for the truth in most situations. Think about what's going to help people. And I do think articles like this can help. And I do think it's it's hopeful. It brings hope to atheists to say, hey, at least there's more nuns. More people who say, I don't have a religion. Because I'd rather people practice their God belief privately in a way that is not a baseball bat and not a forced sign-up, then be surrounded by people who want you to believe. Because I'd rather find a reason to believe on my own. And that's why I'm doing this podcast. So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to leave you with that, and I'm going to get ready for my vacation, which I'm very much looking forward to, even though I also feel like I'm deeply behind on work, which that's just the life of an illustrator at this point. But we'll go out on that note today. This has been Fables of Our Deconstruction. Fables of Our Deconstruction is created by me, Dylan Jacobson. Please like and review Fables wherever you get your podcasts, and become a member of Brimstone Studios by joining the Brimstone Order at patreon.com slash Dylan. I'd like to thank Apes of the State for the use of their song Moments a Year From Now as my intro and outro, and remember, you are never alone. We are in this together.